0: Welcome, I'm Johan Nilsson, And I'm Lincoln Murphy. And this is Impact Weekly. We're here to help you make your customers successful. Each week, we answer your most pressing customer success management questions by relying on our years of experience with companies around the world.
1: Let's get this going. everyone welcome back it's time for impact weekly we have another question to dive into so this question goes like this we are very siloed in our work between customer success and sales no one's fault really but do you have any tips on how we can get more aligned Hmm. that's the question for this week lincoln this is not an uncommon situation for sure no no no, for sure. I think one way or another, I think everyone can uh, improve in this area. So I think that's why we also want to bring this up uh, and see what we can help out with here. A couple of things pop out
0: to me that we need yeah. to address in this question. You know, I always like to kind of dissect the questions a little bit. One of the things that I'm curious about, and, and obviously we don't have this context, but when I hear that we're siloed, but- I, I I wonder what that really means you know right. is is it something like well you know we just kind of don't don't really talk too much um we kind of just do our own things or mm. or is it something where you know we're more adversarial you know we really do have that us versus them thing going on so that's one thing i would want to explore a little bit more to see just how tall are the walls <laughs> um, exactly between the departments uh that's yeah. that's something to think about
1: Yeah. And I think it's everything from being very us versus them to just being, we've been just doing our own thing and not thinking too much about how we can cooperate and collaborate better. But you also mentioned department. I think also when you, as you grow your company, as you become bigger, you you actually establish departments and teams. And when you do that, it's a natural thing that you become more siloed, of course. In the very beginning, you're maybe two people and it's very easy to talk right. across the desk, right? To say, yeah, how we're doing with this customer and so on. But as you grow, as the team becomes larger, as you probably enter more markets, maybe you have international teams and so on, you will have this issue in one way or the other. So I think you have the whole the whole scale there to work with. Absolutely. There's a lot of factors to take into consideration here. I think that's why, we, why this questions really hits home here. How can we, how can we improve here? Everybody, I think everyone, all teams, independent of size, you have things you can do here to improve this and become less siloed and more aligned. So I think that's uh, what we aim for here. Well, and so you just said another word that is contained in,
0: in the yes. question, which is to me kind of a, a loaded word, and that yes. is aligned how often do people talk about alignment and you're like, what are you even talking about? Yes. It's it's exactly. just this word that, that it, it doesn't have any meaning. So I think we need to get clear on, on what we're talking about here. Are, are we talking yeah. about being aligned on things like good fit versus bad fit customers? Yes. Um, are we aligning between sales and customer success on discovery turnover? Um, Are we being more aligned on expansion sales? Exactly. Or all of
1: the above? I think sometimes even people, when they use the word align, they mean the other people need to align to them, right? Yeah. So (laughs) that's also, I mean, maybe that's another way to look at this question. Or is customer success asking sales to be more aligned with them? I think that's that's just such an
0: amazing observation. So often all of these complaints about other teams and and this misalignment really does come down to, they're not doing what I want them to do. Yeah. Right. And so at that point, it's not about alignment. It's about something else. Um, It is. But I think if we could try and look at this as we need to be working together better to ensure that the customer is going to achieve their desired outcome through their relationship with us, then that's that's the alignment, the alignment we're looking for, and if yeah. that's what we're trying to get, is, is our customers to be successful. Yeah, what would be the the things that would make this a question someone would ask? In other words, the symptoms, yes. right, That you're going to run into.
1: There are definitely some symptoms why this person asked his questions. Right, they have. Run into one wall or the other here with with their customers, and they have i mean in the end experience probably churn or contraction or not expanding with the customers they they thought possible, so those are typically symptoms you see when you have a lack of alignment or you have this siloed situation and that those are highly important. <laughs> things as a, yeah. Uh, yeah I, for the company, not only customer success, but for the whole company, of course. These are high value areas that that you can improve by improving this collaboration, improving the alignment, if you want.
0: Yeah. Let's dig into that a little bit more because I, I think if you're a CSM needing to make this case with your head of customer success, if you're a head of customer success needing to make this case for alignment with your executive team, the CEO or maybe a CRO yeah. that that both customer success and sales sit under. We need to really make sure that we're talking about things in terms that are going to be meaningful to those stakeholders. And so, you know, churn, you know, so customers leaving completely and taking all of their revenue with them. Um, Mm. Contraction being where customers stay, but they pay us less, Mm. you know, and, and lack of expansion, meaning customers might renew, but they're renewing at the same level. They're not, they're not buying more. They're not increasing their spend with us. All yes. of those things impact what we say is the North SAR KPI generally, and that's going to be net revenue retention. Those yeah. are the things that roll up to that. That's what your CEO, that's what your CRO care about. So, yeah. if we want to get them on board to help facilitate this alignment, we need to make sure we're speaking their language. And I think if we take those symptoms from a, a, a KPI standpoint and mm. we look at what's causing that, what's causing yeah. those symptoms to occur, what's causing those metrics to show that the symptoms mm. are happening. We can break that down and do a few things. I'll take the first one. If there's a misalignment between between sales and customer success, we tend to see customers coming in that are a bad fit. Yeah. What we mean by a bad fit is they don't have success potential. And we've talked about that in previous episodes of this pod, but basically what we're saying there is we cannot check all the boxes for a customer to say they have the potential in all these different areas to be successful with us. If they start working with us, no hmm. matter what we do in customer success, no matter, no matter what I do as a yes. CSM, how many person hours I put into this customer, they're not going to be successful. So, if, if we have that misalignment, that's one of the things that can happen. And bad fit customers lead to churn. Yes. That's, so. And- that's the direct co- connection
1: there. And that's common. We know that. We know that from our study now we're doing right now. Uh, that's the number one reason right now for sure. And so we know this is common. And, and of course, if you, if you have the situation, as, as the, the person asking the question here, where you have siloed customer success and sales, and you are not the line what the bad fit customer is and, and what success potential is, that's going to keep happening, right? I think that's the, the main thing here, that we cannot allow things to keep happening. If we want to see less bad fit customers coming in or customers without success potential, this is where the siloed situation is causing the myth. Ma- and the, the change will not happen.
0: Yeah, we can't just hope something's going to magically change, right? So it's not. We have to approach this deliberately. And we'll talk about some ideas on how to do that in a minute. But you're right. We have to figure out how to make sure we're not having to try to make customers without success potential successful because it's just not going to work. And that's something that needs to move upstream to sales to make sure that they're not closing those. So Mm. churn is the obvious thing that we all, you know, like that's, I'm not saying it's an easy thing to solve for, but it's the most obvious symptom. You know, churn is a symptom of an underlying disease. And that underlying disease Mm. is often that your customers don't have. Success potential, but yeah, what about contraction? Contraction yes. is one of those things that can sneak up on you. You can actually hide contraction by focusing only on renewals, like you can have a really great renewal rate, hmm. at least you know the number of customers renewing, right. but if you're not really paying attention to the revenue that's renewing, yes. um, you can have a lot of contraction that really starts to impact your overall ARR, but also these aggregate metrics like NRR. And what we do see is that customers that are coming in that are unprepared, that sales sort of mismanaged expectations. It's not that they don't have success potential or that they're bad fit. It's just, they weren't really prepared. And so they come into onboarding and we say, all right, Hey, uh, here's some things that we need to do to get you up and running. And they're like, um, what? I didn't expect that. So now what happens is onboarding doesn't fail. It just doesn't work as well as we would have hoped. And it takes longer. They don't get everybody up and running. They don't get everybody activated. Then adoption, because onboarding didn't really work that well, adoption slows. We don't get as many users into the system. We're not getting as many people using the features and functionality that they paid for. And so at Renewal, You have a situation where um, the customer says, look, we don't need all the stuff that we originally bought. So we need to like right size our account, right? So they get rid of some of the the features and functionality or seats or whatever that they bought originally. They're still our customer, but they have contracted. The revenue that they're giving us is now less, but they bought less. You also have customers that say, hey, you know, you guys kind of dropped the ball here. Um, we still want to keep all the stuff that we originally bought, Mm. but you better give us a discount or we're going to leave. So now we have customers that are getting a a discount. They're paying us less for the same amount of stuff that they already bought. That's contraction. And that is something that happens when expectations are mismanaged in the sales process, when customers have to repeat themselves because sales didn't turn over things. And, you know, What a great way to start a relationship with a customer by having them repeat what they already told the salespeople, you know, tell us again, like that's, that's bad. So we need to have that turnover. Um, And then you brought up lack of expansion.
1: Yes. So, I mean, of course, a customer that is contracting, they will not expand with you. So maybe this customer actually had all the potential to be really successful with you and keep growing with you. And by that, expanding the business with you, and now they're contracting instead because of this. You actually have, instead of this being a positive, it's an actually negative on your NRR. And and like I said, it can sneak up on you and and have a
0: pretty massive impact. So this misalignment can have a a really dramatic effect on the metrics that matter, not only to customer success, but ultimately the metrics that matter to the business. Literally- the metrics that roll up to things like NRR, which directly impacts the mm. valuation of our company. Like this is important stuff. But there's, there's one other thing in the question that I just feel like we need to call attention to. So the question again was, we're, we're very siloed in our work between customer success and sales. No one's fault really. But do you have any tips on how we can be more aligned? The no one's fault really,
1: mm. to me, right. just stands out. That's yes. the problem. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. No one owns it.
0: Right. This alignment, it's not just going to happen magically. Exactly. There's nobody owning that process. And so when you yeah. say no one's fault, really, I think right there, that speaks to why this isn't happening. This exactly. cannot be left to chance. It has to be deliberate. It has to be operationalized.
1: Yeah. We're talking about sales as a department, as a team. And customer success. And a lot of time, I think you need to bring it up one level above there to make real changes here. And that's sometimes also part of the problem that you try to solve for this within what you can do as head of customer success. But the, the actual problem is, like you say, Lincoln, it's upstream, right? This is like an incredibly important point that we really need to
0: focus on for a second. And that is, as head of customer success, you cannot... Make a unilateral decision to be more aligned with sales. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. No. This has to be something that everybody comes together and is is working uh, towards. There needs to be somebody that is going to run this process to take this from a system standpoint, from a a process and a workflow standpoint. We're going to put these in place and and make sure this happens. How, however, that has to be operationalized. It it needs to be something that's done deliberately. It needs to have resources dedicated to it, and it needs to have somebody that owns that process, or it's not going to get done. Yeah,
1: and uh, I think a part of that is also that sometimes in customer success, we sense that the problems here are misalignment, but we don't dare bring it up one level. I think Mm -hmm. we need to be more bold because... the, these are hugely important uh, areas for the whole company. These things where we're not aligned have a huge impact and, and needs to be solved. And it's in everybody's interest, but customer success is the only one maybe seeing the full scale of things. Exactly. So because
0: we have that visibility, we see how this is playing out and we can translate those results into something that matters to our executives, churn, contraction, and lack of expansion are all things that directly impact NRR, which is going to be at least one of the main KPIs your CEO or your your CRO is going to be focused on. So going to them and saying, look, here's what's happening, here are the numbers, and here is why we believe these things are happening. And again, we have the data to back this up. We're getting these customers that, that don't have success potential, so it's leading to churn. We're having customers that are coming in unprepared. In onboarding so it's leading to contraction and all of mm. that is leading to a lack of expansion and we believe that if these things were done during the sales cycle and these things were done as part of yeah. a handoff and oh, a yeah. discovery turnover like it's going to be very difficult for your ceo or a cro to ignore that yeah. because you are speaking their language and then they're going to say all right now i see the need for this alignment to happen i see the need for this to happen In an operationalized way a consistent way and so then they're going to facilitate this alignment in a
1: top-down fashion and that's how you get stuff done yeah i think sometimes we try to just soldier on and keep keep trying to solve it in our own but some of these things we need to bring up when it comes to alignment between sales and customer success absolutely
0: look okay so that's high level right i mean that's how we get stuff done at a strategic or a systemic way within the company as a whole. But, you know, there are things that we can do tactically to try to make these things happen, even without that sort of, those massive yeah. changes that need to occur. And I think this is where communication really yeah, comes in, into play. Um, I always say, uh, when it comes to to bad fit customers and, and getting sales to stop closing them, what yeah. I like to do is... Um, and this will really help position customer success differently in the eye of sales, Mm. figure out what your best fit customers look like. So think about the customers that are thriving. Yeah. The ones that are expanding, the ones that that are eager to give references or do case studies. What are their characteristics? Now take that and communicate that to sales. Yeah. Say, Hey, These are our best customers. These are the ones that are going to make you the most money. These are the ones that are going to close the fastest, that are going to expand the fastest. So you're going to get that second order commission or whatever, you know, if they own that. If you can go to sales and help them make more money, Mm. they are going to be your best friend. Right. Your positioning just changed. If all you do is complain all the time, Mm. they're going to to ignore you. But if you come to them and say, let me help you. You make more money. Then what yeah. you can do after you do that, right, is you can go back and say, by the way, yeah, here's what a bad fit customer looks like. Exactly. In fact, if you could say that and say, by the way, when you close bad fit customers, they leave us negative reviews like this one, which makes your job harder. So if we can stop closing those customers, they'll stop churning out and leaving us bad reviews. Yeah. And it'll make things better. You do that after you've already given them something positive, yeah, right.
1: You can start doing that immediately. Yeah, and the same. I mean, also like around an onboarding. When we when we have bad alignment and bad bad turnover and, and so on between between the teams, that usually ends up the the sales rep that brought in the customer will get angry emails or uh, the customer will start calling them. And they will be dragged back into the the discussion with the customer. Nobody likes that, right? So no. that's also something that you can bring up and say, um, we had, a, we had, remember this one, this was a like what happened here? Can we avoid that? Can I help you? Can, you can, can I help you help me? And so on. I think there is a lot of win-win to be done here when you get improved collaboration, especially around onboardings and handovers that uh, we just need to position ourselves why we want to work in a different way. What's the benefit? And I think sales also have all the interest. I mean, the best thing is if they get commission, of course, but also I think most sales reps, they want their customers to be successful.
0: Again, I think there's a misconception that salespeople are evil and, and will do anything. It doesn't matter. Mm. They'll sell anything to anybody. And, and that's just not true across the board. Yeah. In fact, the best salespeople talk about the fact that they want every customer to be referenceable. The best salespeople go into every situation hoping that that customer, like if they if they do things right, that that customer mm. will be a reference for them to help bring in future customers. Yeah, And so if, if you can help your salespeople understand how to do that better by mm. reminding them to provide you with context during discovery turnover, that may not be the same thing that goes into the structured data in the CRM. But like hmm. tell me some of the things you talked about with the with yeah. the customer. What were their motivations? Like what was, you know, what were yeah. their goals? But what oh, was the big yeah. why behind those goals? And then right. I can take that information during the onboarding process and I can validate that. Maybe get them to expand on it. And now we're just continuing that entire process where they were super excited during the sales process and we're continuing that during onboarding versus what yeah. often happens is customers tell the salespeople, you know, these really important things salespeople mm. use that to, to sort of close the deal. They update the CRM with structured data about the customer. Mm. Then barely, right. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever the minimum is required, yeah. right. To, to, to say, yes. to allow the sale to be marked as closed. And then in onboarding, we start asking them questions and the customer's like, um, mm. I, I, Already told my salesperson this, yeah. so now they're repeating themselves. And we know that customers hate three things: that surprises, unknowns, and repeating themselves. And so, the more yeah. we can eliminate those things, the more likely our customer is to, going to be uh, successful. And yeah. we can take that back to sales and say, "Look, here's how we can avoid your customer coming back to you and complaining and wasting your yeah. time." Because that's the other thing: salespeople, they work a deal, they close a deal, they're on to the next deal. They don't want to have to deal with an angry customer or whatever. So, again, if we can go back to them and say, let me help you just keep working new deals, Mm. you know, and here's how you do that provide me this turnover so I don't have to keep coming back to you. Your customer doesn't come back to you to complain, et cetera. So, all of that is stuff that we can be doing now.
1: Right. And I think also the flip side on that is all sales reps, they know. The PowerPoint slide of how the onboarding works, right? Because that's been that's the in their pitch deck, and that's what they've been talking about. But I think it's also equally important for customer success to share what happens actually during onboarding. How does it really look like, and what are the cracks that we can end up in? Because I, I think especially when you grow a lot and when you add a lot of new people. Sales don't think too much about onboarding either, but it's really important. I mean, they sometimes can help you if they understand this is how the onboarding process looks like. These are the things we need to do, need to get done. These are things the customer needs to get done on their side, outside of the product, inside of the product, and so on. So sales, it can help you as well, uh, but they need to understand the process as well, the real process. If the salespeople can properly manage expectations with customers,
0: the customers are going to yeah. come in with a better idea of what it's going to take to be successful and fewer surprises and, and all of that. But, you know, if the salespeople are working with an outdated idea of what onboarding is, because the last mm. time they were updated on this was, you know, two years ago and everything was completely different, like it's time to to keep them updated. So it goes back, you know, communications, making sure that we're exactly. keeping them updated on these things.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's help this person by summarizing. So if you want to remove the silos and become more aligned around getting customers uh, successful, here are our three uh, practical things to do. Let me, let me take the first one.
0: Ultimately, to really drive this home, we're going to have to have executive down alignment initiative that's strategic and systemic. You're yeah. going to have to, as a, as a head of customer success, involve your executives, the CROs, CEO, to push this down and make sure everybody's in alignment. That's, that's ultimately going to be the way that this thing really moves forward uh, and, and has a big impact.
1: Number two here, a great way to kind of break the silos is get customer success invited to the sales staff meeting. Here we can bring our, as you mentioned, Lincoln, we can bring examples of of successful customers. We can bring initiatives we want. We can just share how the onboarding actually looks like. It's a great way to, it's very practical, hands-on. Get invited, get get 15 minutes in the sales staff meeting just to talk about those things. And vice versa, invite someone from sales to share uh, a recent sales process, to share how, how that went by uh, in the customer success staff meeting. So that's, that's a very practical way to, um, to get that done. And lastly here, formalize the handover. It's, everybody knows they should be doing handovers, but if they're not formalized and structured and include all the things you need, not just a few fields in the CRM or similar, then it's going to happen, and then you're going to get the, the things you need, basically. So those are the three points. Thanks for listening and uh, see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want to bring your customer success to the next level? Check out Impact Academy. We have training programs for customer success managers and for leaders in customer success.